Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Gaming Podcast for the month of August. Uh, I am, of course, Steve Hill, and joining me this month, as always, is Mark Boschwright. Hello, Mark. Hello, Steve. Leon Matthews. Hello, Leon. Hello. Ben Ingba. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you, Steve? I'm all good in the hood, thanks. And we welcome back Steve, who's just back from doing his GCSEs. <laughs> it's been a tough time. It's been very tough. <laughs> Have you been uh, keeping busy while you haven't been on the podcast? Oh, I've been very busy studying. It's, it's hard life being a student. Fellas, let's dive uh, straight into it. Mark, Asda, Wii U. It just seems like each month someone's chucking a few more Wii U puppies in a bag and throwing them into a canal. <laughs> it's just that Asda is stopping stocking the Wii U. Um, they are still going to be stocking some games on a game-by-game basis, which sounds pretty ominous. And all round, it looks a little bit bleak. Um Nintendo are still making a loss on each unit, so there's going to be no price cut impending. And Leon, I believe, has some extra news. He wants to put the boot in with regards to sales figures. <laughs> can, can you not bring yourself to say it? No, I don't want to say it. Have, have you read the story, Steve? It's passed me by so far. Excellent. So, in this year, from April to June, how many units do you think the Wii U sold in the world? April to June? April, April the 1st to the June the 20th. 30th, sorry. June the 30th. I'm hoping hundreds of thousands. I can hear a number. 300,000? 160,000. Worldwide? Worldwide. Wow. Mm. That, is, that is bleak. The Wii outsold it. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, surely this is the writing on the wall for this, this hardware now. Uh... uh no, that makes it a cult product now. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't quite um, put it in the in the in the box with the the Oya just yet, but the what? Ooh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Nintendo are having a, a bit of a stinker. Then they didn't really have a big showing at E three. It's actually it's funny. I had a dream the other day that I was playing Mario, and I woke up really happy. Sad that it's a dream and not a reality, isn't it? <laughs> and it's still maybe a bit I, go out and buy one. Maybe, maybe I'm not giving it a chance. Maybe I need to get out there and, and pick it up. Is Mario out for the Wii U yet? Well, you've got a 2D Mario. Right, okay. So it's not really, is it? No, that, uh, and that's the problem, really, which is your big games, your big, you know, you want your 3D Mario, you want things like Zelda, and it just seems like those are the kind of projects that Nintendo keep kind of rolling on and adding ideas or going back to the drawing board for, and so there's never really a, a firm sense of when they're going to be on you. So until that actually happens, I mean, it's there was no real momentum going into the launch, and so therefore it's just kind of fizzled out. I can feel all, uh, all 12 of our listeners' eyes rolling in their head at us uh, sledging you as per usual over your your uh you're you're the token nintendo fan in the house but in all seriousness if as they're stopping uh, the hardware sales does this mean that others will follow suit i think it's it's one of those chicken and egg scenarios which is you're not going to shift consoles until you've got great games you're not going to get the great games until you've built an you know user base for it and so it's just a case of they're they're waiting for something to kind of break that wave you know a lot of people thought that it might be monster hunter which is traditionally the game that kind of kickstarts a lot of japanese gamers interest in a console but you know that doesn't even seem to have done much 
do you need that install base? Because it's all first-party development, isn't it? You're talking about your Mario's and your Zelda's. Why? They can they can do those games anytime. It's not like they're waiting for a, for a certain amount of sales. Maybe if they wanted to get third-party developers on board, can't they? They they can just do those whenever they want, can't they? Yeah, I mean they can, but then the, the question really is: if you assume they can do that whenever they want, then they've released the console massively too early. You know, the assumption would be that if you're Nintendo and you're basing everything primarily, your push is going to be on first-party games. Why would you even bother releasing a console unless you knew that you had a steady stream of first-party games ready to come out? And they've, the funny thing is they've got a reasonable kind of breadth now. You've got things like Pikmin and you've got, you know, the, the 2D Mario and you've got various lesser franchises, but everyone just waits for that. You know, you want the big 3D Mario and you want to know that Zelda's around the corner. The fact is that what's pushing anyone to buy one right now? You know, th- there's nothing. I mean, they're going to have to have a pretty major price cut any day now if they're going to stay competitive uh, and I use that in the most loosest term uh, with the next gen consoles coming up at kind of in and around that price point just how is it going to get a look in even if they bring out gold plated Mario edition with a free Zelda in every box I mean just, who's going to be interested it's got a little bit of virtual boy written all over it now it has. Um, I think the sad fact is that everyone who remembers the kind of death of Sega as, as a console manufacturer can surely feel a little pang of pain when they see Nintendo's plight. I think it's brilliant. You can get Sonic on everything now, and the sooner, sooner that you can get Mario and Zelda on everything, the better. Can you get a good Sonic on everything now? Can you get a Sonic that represents the same vision from you know a first-party title from someone who was making their own consoles? I would argue that the Sonic that you see now is trying to appeal to such a kind of wide user base that it, it it's just awful. You know, I, I don't see the same thing. I, I, the only way that I can see forward with Nintendo is if they found some way to make like touch controls work and then they release it for something like the iPad or something. Something like that, they would make you know trillions for it and they could keep the, their idea of simplicity keep that to the fore but what i'm not hearing is i'm not hearing people saying you know what i can't wait for that new zelda because i want to see what it does with this controller people just want to play the game and i think that the hardware i don't know i just don't really see what it brings i don't see how i all all people are excited for really is the ip um and i think they just need to be able to release games i'm not sure where they would stand in terms of i know that their hardware they really they're sort of really passionate about how it's tied in with with the games and with the content but i think they might need to move away from it because this it's failed hasn't it i think we need to move on to another subject <laughs> it's depressing you but ben isn't it isn't it inevitable now i mean maybe that they've always been sitting on this as their kind of their last uh get out of jail card if the hardware is going to fail then at least they know that they can play this software card and, and and maybe align with someone like Apple and, and do an exclusive deal on their platform and hopefully, you know, find profitability again. I think if they're not saying that, if they move away from saying, well, you need this hardware to play this vision of our game, like the Wii controller or the Wii U controller, then they need to completely open it up to everyone. I wouldn't want to see any exclusive deals. I want to see, I want, I'd want to see Mario, Zelda on the Xbox, on the PS4, as, as strange as that sounds to say. Because they must they must be done with hardware at this point. Okay, maybe let's put portable stuff to one side now. I mean, 
would anyone in their right mind at Nintendo try again at the hardware market after this failure? I think it should be. And I think they can do because they're sitting on a pile of cash. Um, so th- I think they've got a few more failures in them yet. But to be honest, there should be a boardroom somewhere where people are feverishly working away on a next-gen Nintendo console. And they're just spinning out the Wii U, not really caring about it, because it's already dead, to be fair. If, if you've got sales like that, developers aren't going to make games for it. Okay, Nintendo can try and keep it afloat with their first-party titles, but is that really going to work this time? Probably not. So I'd be having some emergency meetings, putting together a kick-ass new console and getting out of the door as fast as possible. What what would it need to cost for you to go, you know what, I might just get one just, just so I've got one here and if the games come out then you know it's it's one fifty. Yeah, I think it'd have to be about one fifty because it, it's set to look ridiculously dated come come Christmas time. Mm. Do you regret buying it, Mark? Serious question. Um I I'm easily affected by hype, so <laughs> you know, I usually end up buying all consoles anyway, but it's it's something different. I think it could have been something very, very interesting. I, you know, I was quite sceptical in many ways about the the original motion control with the Wii, but this thing, just the touchpad, the way that it's integrated, it's just no one's using it. You know, it, it's like it's it's like the touch uh, screen on the Vita. It, it's basically the Vita's a better console once you forget about that. Once you forget that, and once someone stops trying to use that or trying to use, you know tilt sensitivity and gyros in, in handheld consoles they work the games on them work much better and but how do you do that when you've got this huge kind of what is it like an eight inch screen just staring at you saying i should be used you know it just feels like a cumbersome controller then the hit that nintendo have had on on hardware doesn't seem to have put amazon off rumors of them bringing a console out is this an April Fool's joke early, or is this as ridiculous as it sounds? Basically, somebody else is trying to make another Android console. I don't know what the obsession is with people trying to make Android a gaming platform and that it's going to be amazingly successful. Because, you know, after the Ouya, everybody seems to be wanting to do it. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, let me play devil's advocate slightly then. Do we think that maybe it's just a case of the right product being in the hands of the right backers so you know amazon seems to have this midas touch when it comes to consumer electronics do you think if anyone could pull it off it could be them i think they could make a good market for it maybe but at the end of the day a games console needs games and it's not like amazon are going to be become a games developer and start pumping out the games they're essentially going to create another android console and wait for all the developers out there to create more games for it and I, i'm just getting really bored of people trying to make android games consoles i don't know what it is i don't know why the obsession is with it i get it there's possibly a gap there where you know smaller indie developers could have their own console or something but isn't that just the pc anyway do you think they'd resist the temptation to call it some kind of iteration of the kindle well, I wouldn't be surprised. They may as well. The brand's good, so why not try and leverage that? Ooh, the Kindle. Yeah, the game <laughs> The game <laughs> yeah, Think a bit harder on that. That's patented. The kin- no, no, that's <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, Mr. Amazon. Kindle box. Yeah. Oh, Kindle surprise. That's <laughs> not bad. In fact, it's terrible. Yeah, that's not... In fact, I'm gonna make a note of that. Kindle pad. He's going to have these on GoDaddy. <laughs> the, the Kindle, yeah. <laughs> well, either way, if it gets on Kickstarter, Ben will back it either way. So, I, I'm, I'm over it now. 
Thank you for believing. You're going to be thinking of me for the rest of the night now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, from one uh, hardware rumour to uh, another cold hard uh, fact, the PlayStation 4 is coming at the end of the year, but Sony apparently going to put a limit on pre-orders. Um, yeah, basically all it is is that Sony have now said that if you pre-ordered the console after the 5th or 6th of August, that they could not guarantee that you would release get it for release date. They believe that the supply is not going to meet the demand, so anyone that's pre-ordered before that date they're guaranteed to get it for the release date but anyone who pre-orders it now they may be disappointed but they have said that the games retailers are going to get surplus stock that's not for pre-orders so somebody who trots in on release day might have a chance of picking one up but it's highly unlikely that they uh, they are actually going to get it for release day now that's worldwide UK, Europe, Japan, everywhere now there's kind of going to be they're expecting a shortage, much like the uh, the PS2 when that when that came out. Now, I'm in two minds about this story. Uh, part of me thinks it's kind of chapter one in the PT Barnum book of uh, sales, and the other one is like, well, you know what? They can only make a finite amount of consoles, and oh come on, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got some magic beans for you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's in their interest to just you know, build them as quickly as possible and ship them out. And uh, I think it was you, Mark, you said on the weekly uh, the weekly pod that always miraculously a, a shipping container manages to show up just at the last minute. And, um, you know, if you show up to the shop on the day, you can get yourself a, a unit. I mean, uh, shouldn't we a bit be a bit wise to these uh, these tactics by now? Yeah, but, I mean, it, it creates those those long queues that everyone likes taking pictures of and that, you know, that makes the BBC site and everything and people talk about, you know, technology crazes and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's good PR. The only thing that I'd question about it is, I mean, it's standard procedure, but 5th of August, you know, that that does sound a long way away from this idea that it was just going to be around Christmas time. You know, I know it's only scheduled in as holiday season kind of thing. It does almost sound as if it, it might be just a little bit earlier than perhaps we previously thought. How many of the podcast team have uh, have got a pre-order in? Uh, Leon? I'll give you one guess. <laughs> ben? <laughs> no, I don't do pre-orders. Now, I thought you did. How, didn't you say you had one in? No, not on not on hardware. No, I don't do pre-orders. Okay, cool. PC gamer. <laughs> no, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. For, I never have. I've never done a a, a pre-order on hardware. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. You made an exception for it's an not a, Android not, console. Oh, no, wait, hold on, because it's not. Wait, let me just justify myself. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than a pre-order, though. Mark, you uh, you must have one in. Yeah, surprise. Uh, I, I haven't got one in yet. Not especially for one particular reason, just probably because I've been lazy and haven't got round to it. But no doubt it will come round to the time and I'll desperately want one and probably pay over the odds or go and queue somewhere like some kind of uh, overexcited teenager. I pre-ordered one if anyone cares. I was going to say, just not asking Steve what's going on. No, no, it's fine, just carry on. No, it's fine. (laughs) I don't care. Well, you did have the link there, overexcited teenager. You could have thrown it straight to Steve. Mm. Uh, I have a PS4 pre-order stuff. Oh, so I'm the only Xbox One. In fairness, if I will buy an Xbox One 
after the release. You won't get the day one edition. You won't get the sticker. You won't get the sticker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sticker D-pad. to add to my already crammed sticker collection. Yeah. But Leon, you know what this means for you? What's that? You'd let all the review titles for Xbox. Sweet. I don't know how sweet that actually is. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. It's good. Did we all see the crazy unboxing that they did of the Xbox One? No. Did you not see that? No. Wow, Major Nelson went up there and did his own private unboxing of it in his own awesome American style, which is pretty cringeworthy. But right. uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. They've got a new headset now. The headset's in yeah, the box. Well, what's the crack with that? Because originally there wasn't going to be one? Yeah, apparently not. Uh, they, they were trying to make people buy it and you know, continuing on their backtracking on absolutely everything that they announced for this console. There is now a headset in the box. Proper flip-flops. Yep, indeed. And uh, a 4K HDMI cable, which apparently is good. And then everything else that you saw before at E3 anyway. So it's it's basically it's an unboxing video, which is to say it's not very interesting, because none of them ever are. Does the headset look any good, though? I haven't actually seen a I mean, picture of it. it's a headset. I mean, it's... it's well, I know, but the PS3 headset was massively uncomfy, so if someone's been put together in, like, three seconds, and it's going to be... I mean, it looks all right. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be walking down the street with it or anything, but it looks it looks great, yeah, whatever. What, what do we all use for um, Xbox 360? Did you use the one out of the box or the wireless one? Leon, I think you were quite famous for, for not using one for a while. Yeah, I, the only reason I did that was because I used to use the wireless ones because I don't like the cable, so I used the wireless ones, and the batteries just kept dying on them, and then one day I just went, I'm not buying these anymore, and then stopped talking on Xbox Live. I used to love the wireless one, but then for some random reason it just stopped working. I don't know whether it was clashing with something in my house or whatever, and I just I hated the wired one. I just couldn't be dealing with it. I hated it too. This one looks all right, though. It's got like volume controls actually on the thing and a mute button and stuff, but I, I won't be using it anyway, so whatever. What about the Amazon Gamazon? <laughs> oh, my God, who's still going on about that? <laughs> hey, I like that one. That Gamer Zone? Yeah. Nah, that's, that's, not, nah, that's not bad. Get into the Game Zone with our Gamer Zone. Mm, you're getting closer. Keep keep thinking. Get your games on. Just yeah. work that a little bit more mm. and you'll be all right. I think you should register that web domain. <laughs> you know, it could be... Ring them tomorrow. could be a little gold mine. Don't, don't alert mm. them to it. Just do it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, don't we'll talk about it out, on a podcast or anything. Yeah, if you register all this on, you'll get massive amounts of money before it comes out. <laughs> this made news in the week. Uh, Microsoft Patents Xbox head-mounted display, which sounds incredibly uncomfortable. It just looks like the Oculus Rift or such like. I mean, I, I'm not massive, got massive amounts of detail on it, but I don't, I'm not into this all this head-mounted display stuff. It's kind of... It's kind of just another play on 3D virtual reality, isn't it? And I think that we've seen how successful 3D's been and it's never going to be. I just think it's kind of one of them things that's just a complete idea that's never going to happen. It's... I mean, I'm not interested in it. I don't know if anybody else is. Oh, come on. But it's, it seems like a massive waste of money, if you ask me. How are we ever going to get to the holodeck if no-one gives anything a chance, guys? Come on. <laughs> like we're never going to get anywhere if we if we keep poo-pooing every single idea that anybody ever has. What's the deal? Just give it a go. But what's it going to add to it? What's it going to add to it? I don't know. You look like Garrus from Mass Effect. Well, there we go. Wow. <laughs> but Leon, you're hardly the most experimental out of all of us, are you? Well, what was the last product you bought that wasn't a Microsoft standard issue? <laughs> there we go. 
Do you know what I mean? And you, you slated, you slated the media, which was a good idea. As did everybody, really. Which was a good idea on paper. You slated the Oculus Rift uh, because yeah. it wasn't the holodeck. Yeah, and you stuck the boot into the Wii U. They're all yeah. really rubbish, though, aren't they, to be fair? But you're, now you're lying on about, oh, well, we need to give these things a chance. because Microsoft's in it now. I'm joking. I, le- I leaned into that. <laughs> I leaned into it. Such a fan boy. <laughs> He's been paid off. He's been paid off. Apparently so. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Give give things a chance. But you know, whatever. I like Google Glasses. That that looks quite cool. And this is a similar sort of thing. I don't know. There's there's just some things that I think are reasonably futuristic, which might work okay. And a head-mounted display. I mean, I wear glasses anyway. Let's say there was some way of integrating some sort of display into my glasses. I wouldn't say no to that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Images attached to the patent show people engaging in activities such as dancing, playing tennis and sword fighting in a virtual reality setting. Augmented reality is is a cool concept and it's going to be it's going to be a thing going forward. I'm sure about that. But the issue here is is having to wear glasses and okay, fine, Leon, you already have to wear glasses, but I don't and to get into the frame of mind of using them or getting used to it is is going to be a big thing for me. And I if we have to go through this glasses stage to get to the other side, whatever that may be, then then I'm all for that. It's just I don't really want to spend hundreds of pounds doing that, you know? Like the other side, when he's not wearing glasses, then we're talking like, I don't know, an ocular implant or something, like Geordie from Star Trek or something. That's... It's a bit further, but then you know we get into the we get into the question of like Deus Ex and would you chop your real arm off to have a robotic one if you could? I mean, I would. <laughs> I I got faith in science that we can do things with display technology that's not going to involve me jacking in anytime well, soon. Well, um. <laughs> just saying. Either put. But don't let me ruin the dream. Put the glasses for you. on or have your eye replaced. Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so August is not traditionally a month of playing games, which will be out in beer gardens, um, socialising. Uh, but Leon, I gather you've been playing a game. Yeah, I thought I'd shut myself inside and play Resident Evil Revelations instead. And uh, just how revelatory has it been? Um, not, not massively so. Well, <laughs> a little bit in a way, I suppose. Um, first off, I guess I played Resident Evil 6 and reviewed that, which was painful um, I was going to say horrific. that wasn't wasn't a classic was it no it wasn't and I, and I think basically what Capcom have done is gone right we need to get anything we can and put it out on the consoles to erase the memory of Resident Evil 6 so when people google Resident Evil that isn't the last title that comes up and all the horrific <laughs> reviews I like um, that theory I like it yeah so they basically took a game which was on the 3DS um, upscaled it uh, and made the controls work and put it on the consoles and it's actually not that bad um, it's alright, it goes back to original Resident Evil style stuff um, you're exploring the ship which is like an enclosed environment, you can go backwards and forwards it's not linear um, they've introduced this weird first person genesis thing where you scan the environment which makes some good good moments where you kind of get addicted just wandering around and scanning everywhere you go and you fall into this lull of security and then next thing you know a zombie sort of jumping out at you because you couldn't really see because you weren't in third person and stuff and it, it's back to classic Resident Evil to be honest finding keys and ridiculous storylines and I, I don't know is it good no is it better than Resident Evil 6 yes but it's it's more back to the old Resident Evil which some people may not like but it's way better than the QTE horrific Resident Evil 6 so yeah it's pretty good I, I gave it I think I gave it three stars did I yeah yeah it was alright it was not bad 
horror games kind of in the news at the minute because the Evil Within has been announced. Uh, we all just watched the trailer just a second ago. Is this something we're all excited about? Do we like horror games? Ben, I know you had to quit about 10 seconds in because it was all a bit much. Uh, no, that isn't... F- all right, so my thing is, I quite like horror films. I quite like watching horror films. I like horror books. But for some reason with James... What's the scariest movie you ever saw? Oh, I don't know, man. Um, let's get a be- I want a benchmark. Are you saying you like horror movies? Let's get a benchmark for what a horror movie is. I don't know. I'm really bad at remembering films. That's why I don't do film reviews. What might I have seen? What's scary? I'll tell you if I've seen it. I'll throw it to the others. Leon, you, you like scary movies? I think probably the worst one I've ever watched is The Ring, but not the like Americanized remake. The I think oh the, the Japanese or yeah, Korean is it? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty messed up. Steve, uh, you probably haven't seen too many because you're not allowed. I'm not allowed to watch these sort of films. <laughs> not past the age gate. I'm still on the Disney and the such animated ones. I'm, there I'm are some there, strong yeah. moments of peril in some of those Disney movies. Marley and Me was pretty horrific when the dog died. Tragic. Tragic. Not really a horror movie, but equally moving. It was horrific. It Mark, died. You've, uh, you've seen a few films in your time. Now, I would echo Leon's calls for the original Japanese ring. That seriously, seriously scared me, very much unnerved me, and still, it still let does ju- very much unsettle me. Let me just double excellent, check. That's the, the crawling out of, like that sort of jerky crawling around the room doll thing. Is that the ring? Yeah. Like the TV? You watch yep. the TV movie or something and then you yeah so I watched that and I quite liked it yeah it's scary but I'm fine with it but I um uh the uh Amnesia The Dark Descent I could play about 10 minutes before I had to tap out of that Dead Space I tried (laughs) one and two I'd played about 20 minutes of each of those couldn't do any more in fact that's not even true the second one I played the demo and just thought nah (laughs) <laughs> no, not even that. And so I watched this trailer, and I think it's funny because as we were watching it, I think was it you, Leon, that said it could just be a crappy horror movie. If if yeah. it was a crappy horror movie, I think I'd be all right with it. But as a game, I'm just like, oh no, no, I can't be doing with that. There is something about you know playing late at night. Everyone else has gone to bed. You might have headphones on, which just puts you even more in the. Mm. In yeah, the I moment. do. I play and with I, headphones. I, I don't like cheap scares, which rely on. Just sudden orchestral hits, you know, to to scare you like that. I don't really, I'm not really a fan of that. But Dead Space, that was a game which it absolutely nailed the uh, that feeling of, of of you know dread or peril. You know, that was on the money for me. Yeah, can I, can I give you a little that. insight into my life? Um, because I'm, I hate, I don't enjoy jump scares really either. And so, where I sit to do this podcast, where my PC is, it's in a room, and I sit facing the window, and the, the door is directly behind me. And on the desk to my right, right now I'm looking at it, is a little, tiny little kind of wind mirror for for a car. Maybe I don't even know if it's too, probably too small for that. It's more like the one you get, um, the, the the rear view mirror, and it's propped up next to me, so I can see the door, so no one can come in behind me and give me a fright. <laughs> Go up to that mirror. Look into that mirror and say Candyman Candy five I times. knew you were going to say that. <laughs> do, it, do it live on the pod. Candyman. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have st- stopped you at the fourth. I would have stopped you yeah, at you the You don't fourth. mess around with Candyman, seriously. No, it's not some sort of Martin McFly thing. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. Like, 
games are just way worse. I don't know, horror movies, I can always just sit there and watch it and it's just like, yeah, it's it's a movie, you know. But there's something about having a gamepad in your hand and like, I don't know, doing it to yourself, like the, the horror, making it happen sort of thing. Like Dead Space was just, if, you, if you'd play that at night with headphones on on a 5.1, like seriously, ridiculously bad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm terrible. If it's, if it's a third person game, I'll do that really cheap thing where you just kind of, you'll play the angles and you'll get right to the edge of like a, a corridor or a doorway and then you'll swing the camera around. So you, so you're, you, it's kind of cheating, but not cheating. Do you know what I mean? This is where you're all supposed to jump in and go, yeah, yeah, I do that too. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but the other thing is as well. I find when I watch TV and movies these days, because my attention span's so broken, I, I don't think I'm fully. I think my if you sort of track my eye movements, I think I'd be all over the place. You know, my if you my, put the Xbox glasses on, you'd be fine. There, <laughs> but if you're if you're when I'm playing something, just by definition, you have to be paying attention, don't you? Because you're controlling the character, and I think yeah, it just gets to me a lot more. It's like I'm a different. It's like I'm a different person playing something to watching something like a film play zone you know the amazon play, you <laughs> the, know, the kindle play mate amazon. is that what you're looking it's for not. the kindle, kindle play, play mate. no the kindle yeah, play yeah. the kindle play that's yeah. not bad that could actually happen i wouldn't say because i've only got a tablet in the kindle aren't they so yeah, and the play store is where the store yeah that's not bad that's not bad that's ben's that's ben's <laughs> that's not yours mark i'm glad you can't be taking that you can have that one Register URL. Do you know like mine? Gindle? Gindle? Gandle? 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 Gandalf? Gindle? Gindle sounds like some kind of knockoff version you find in the Moroccan market somewhere. Still based on Android, though, crucially. Yeah. I just want to highlight some new style of editorial. Uh, we've been pushing out lately. I say we, I, I can't really take credit for any of it. Uh, so, Leon, the latest article is a discussion on social media and gaming and the influence. Uh, seems to be well received on the site. Yeah, it's done all right. I mean, it's it's quite weird being as oh, I'm not actually on much social media, but, you know, I, I still see the influence of it everywhere. And I don't know, it was kind of inspired by the Xbox One backtrack and Phil Fish cancelling Fez 2. And just wondering if this instant feedback that we have with game developers these days is actually a good thing or not. Um, I mean, we keep seeing lots of negative effects. I mean, you can argue whether you think that the Xbox 180 was a negative thing or not, um, but certainly Phil Fish taking his ball and going home and cancelling Fez 2 is a negative thing. Um, but it's just, you know, as I pointed out in the article back in the day, you know, there wasn't that instant feedback. You know, they would announce a console um people would go okay and buy it or not and that would be the feedback they got when their sales were high they did well when they were low they failed uh, whereas now you just announce something and the internet goes mad and then you scramble to sort of apparently change your plans and make everybody happy and at the end of the day the customer is not always right i know it's, it's, it's a popular saying but it's, i don't think it's actually true and i think we might actually be damaging some damaging the industry possibly and you know setting ourselves back in a way but i don't know it's, how many do you think how many of these incidents do you think genuinely, genuinely were the root of U-turns or change of plans? You know, the Phil Fish one is kind of could kind of be argued either way. I mean, we knew he was a very volatile and sensitive chap anyway before this incident, and there's always a chance that you know behind the scenes someone could convince him otherwise to come back. But 
things about you know huge blue chip uh, corporations making massive manufacturing U-turns. Do we really think that could start and stop with a little bit of internet backlash? I don't think it's the whole thing, and I'm not saying there aren't other factors that are taken into account here. Obviously, like people pre-ordering stuff was a big factor, but at the same time, it's this kind of groundswell of activity. You know, would the pre-orders have been so one-sided if the internet wasn't just taking a big dump on the Xbox One from day one? You know, or if people had been left to make up their own minds. Granted, okay, Microsoft could have done a million better things to sell that console. Um, they, they launched it terribly, and they got what they deserved, some might argue. Um, but at the same time, it's just a bit of mob mentality. That's the way I'll put it in the article. You know, in 10 years' time, are we going to look back at this in a really bad exercise in mob mentality? Have we missed out? I don't know. I'm not saying yes or no to this. I'm just saying, is it really having a positive effect? But surely social media is uh, like the motor industry or anything else. You know, that cat is out of the bag now. It's not going anywhere we've opened pandora's box you know we're not suddenly going to get bored of having a voice or using these outlets so do you think we'll ever have the 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 chance to look at it and say this was a mistake or this shape that isn't that just the way things are going to be going forward um i don't know again i don't really use social media so that might be a, a better question for you guys that do who uses twitter it's only you and i ben i think is that right steve you mean Steve? Oh yeah, you you're quite active on on Twitter as well, Steve. When your mum lets you have your mobile phone. <laughs> well, yeah, when I'm not doing my homework, I can can go on. Yeah. I suppose it is a bit kind of it's 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 just there, isn't it? It's very easy just to go and rant about something or talk jive about something without any real kind of repercussions. And there's been big stories lately of you know female journalists being. Um, threatened and you know all sorts of terrible behavior and you know they're probably not ever in any danger but the fact that someone can just go and be so aggressive like that over the internet without real repercussion i think there there has to be a way back in in the sense that you are seeing more people prosecuted for you know when they do say make death threats and the like you know mad things like you know you'd expect there to be some some fallout from things like the the Black Ops 2, you know, update, stuff like that. But no, I get what you're saying, which is you can't kind of suddenly disconnect people. If you've made that connection and you've said, that's okay, you know, a, a prominent developer has got a, a Twitter account and everyone's asking for feedback and that kind of thing, you can't suddenly say, right, that's it, we, you know, we've heard from you, now shut up and go away. You know, they, they've kind of opened that door. So they're always going to be engaged in some kind of feedback exercise but I think the problem is that there's a kind of sense of entitlement of well we should be listened to whereas if you think about the the best experiences you've had they're usually ones that you've you've kind of been almost slightly led to but against your will you know some things that you didn't necessarily think would be that great to start off with the things that you know you found yourself using all the time you know stuff like like the iPad and everything now how many people scoffed at that you know I certainly did but then you kind of end up using it while sat watching TV and just thinking how did I get on before this paid attention yeah yeah I think that, I think that's the point though you know like 
I don't know. The hardware stuff, okay, fair enough. I can see people responding back to a device which is going to cost them 500 quid and they are very vocal about their personal feelings on what it should and shouldn't be. Okay, fine. Um, as Mark pointed out in the comments of the article, though, the stuff I don't like is when they change the ending to Mass Effect 3 because that is a creative vision and I don't think people should have an input into somebody's creative vision. I don't think that that is something that's designed by committee. We see it every day. We see games like Call of Duty which are designed in massive rooms full of feedback and people playtesting it forever and ever and ever and then it just becomes this homogenized mess. I don't want that. I want experiences which are unique which come from crazy minds over in japan um you know which are things that we would never think of and I, and I don't want them to compromise those visions just because a few people on twitter say that it's not good because they don't like dante's new hairstyle they're going to rearrange the whole character again you know I, I don't want that i don't want the internet i don't want everything to be designed by committee um and i guess i'm having the rant that i was trying to stifle myself writing in the article <laughs> but, but you know what I, I would counter that by saying that i don't think there has ever been a time where you know the loudest voices don't get mistaken for the majority i think that's always been the case i think just that now social media has become an easy way to kind of speed that process i think it lies with people having total faith in convictions in their own product and what they're doing and having good art direction and narrative direction and production values and, and sticking to the game plan. You know, if you're weak or I don't know, maybe weak's an unfair way to describe it, but if you've got uh, a board of directors, for example, influencing the way things are and they're making decisions based on the wrong thing, then that's a, a recipe for not the best outcome. I would say. It's not really the fault of social media, is it? In as much as, I mean, I think it's good that people can have their say, but the Mass Effect example is a great one because that's just spineless. I mean, it, you, you shouldn't be swayed by that. There's nothing, the answer to that isn't take away the voice of the people, you know, don't use social media. I know that's not what you're suggesting, by the way, Leon, but the way that you hear some people talking is like, well, you know, social media is a kind of ill of our society, but in fact, it's the way that people perceive and respond to it where I think the issue is. Yeah, definitely. It's the power that it has. Um, you know, it, I, th I just think there's a middle ground, you know, like everything in this, there, there is a middle ground. I'm not saying that feedback is a bad thing, you know, um, developers should listen to gamers and, you know, especially in maybe things like multiplayer, you know, balancing things and, and stuff like that, that there are times when feedback is appropriate, but when it comes down to like core vision and you know the, the Mass Effect thing really is just the epitome of, of the whole thing for me I hated the fact and I still haven't played the revised ending and I never will because for me that, that that isn't the ending the ending is the one that they made it have as much as it's crap and as much as people may hate it that that is what it is you know there are some films which what did I watch the other day I watched The Road which was uh, the, the film that The Last of Us was meant to be on do you know what I can't watch it I've tried. I've tried to get longer than fifteen minutes in. I just can't. Don't watch it. Read the book. The ending's read terrible. It, read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. The ending's good. I might give it a go. It's just so bleak. And I, I think I first sat down. I think my son was born like the same week that I sat down to watch it. I'm <laughs> just like, this is too much. I can't. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I, I watched the it. ending to that last night, and I hated it. Literally, I'm there, and I'm like, that is the rubbishest ending ever to a film. But you know what? That's the ending of the film. I'm not going to change it. In fact, I went on the internet and started reading forums about it, and I could write you posts about it. I'm still engaged with it. it you know, arguably, it did what it was meant to do, which was, you know, engage in discussion with me and make me think the about conversation. It. Exactly. exactly yeah. Just because I didn't like it doesn't make it any less valid, and that's my point. I don't think that people should give 
the internet or social media so much power because we might just be missing out on a few things. But my kind of big issue with this whole idea of feedback is that the question surely arises, which is who do you ask for feedback from? Because we're now at a point where gaming has become pretty much ubiquitous across so many different media. You know, you can you can play on your phone, you can play at home, you can you know you can tap into Facebook on various different devices and play games. There, you know, it's it's hooked into so many different facets of our kind of information age era lives that just to say, right, well, we're we're going to ask this particular or we're going to listen to this particular sliver of you know, who we consider traditional gamers or core gamers. You know, I just think that's kind of almost like shutting out kind of half of the people that you're asking to, to form this kind of weird democratization of gaming kind of movement. Yeah, see, this is the thing. I don't old. think you should actually be asking for feedback because that in itself skews it. It's like gamers, they're so willing to give back feedback, but we often don't do what we say. It's like how many people said, oh, I'm not buying Modern Warfare 2, I'm joining the Steam group for not playing Modern Warfare 2. Day of release, every single one of them's playing Modern Warfare 2. Do you know what I mean? It's like people are fickle. They say one thing and then do something different. I think they need to take feedback from other metrics. You know, we need to get... We're all in this connected age now and we can see what people are doing when playing a game. And I think that is the true representation of the type of feedback they should be taking notice of, the actions rather than the voices, because people often don't do what they say. I was... I was the, why I was in the... I've, I've been thinking about what you said, Leon, since you said it, about um, where it's appropriate and where it isn't appropriate. And you know what you were talking about, sort of balancing of multiplayer, things like that. It's actually quite useful to have people's feedback. It kind of, I suppose, it adds on to the kind of metrics you might get through the system itself, you know, the, the whatever they capture of how people are playing it. Where I think, like you, I will never play the revised ending to Mass Effect is, I just think it's outrageous that if you've got something that's like a creative idea, a story, the narrative of it, that you would ever be influenced by what any kind of group of people think of what you're doing, then I think you're in the wrong job. Mm, I agree. I was going to say, I've got, I've got a question for you all. How many of you regularly check your articles for comments? I'm addicted to doing it, to be fair. <laughs> like, let's not lie. We all do. Yeah, let's not yeah. lie. It's the studious thing to do. Same thing, no? Then go off in a tantrum when nobody's commented on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't change the end. Good job. You spend time making it, and you want to see if people read it. Um, and it's nice to just see people engaging in a discussion, you know, about the subject, um, and that you haven't just fallen flat on your face. So yeah, you know, feedback is good. You know. But could could you find you know yourself being influenced by it? No, I would never change what I wrote just for the feedback or something. I don't know. Yeah, no. Like, I, th- I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate massively, as you're obviously all aware, but, you know, it's the same thing, obviously on very, very different levels, but, you know, it's the same thing. No, listen, there are, so there are games that we've all reviewed, so some of the indie titles for Steam games that I'll review, I'll get the code from the developers themselves, and I won't be swayed by that. There's other games where I know that I reviewed something before. There was one article I wrote on another site, actually, years ago, where I got such a slating, because it went on, um, what's it, Steve, what's it called, N4, N4G? N4G. Yeah, and I just got absolutely ripped apart by a whole load of people, but, the, but I, I just think, you know, that's kind of par for the course, isn't it? And, and to some extent, any reaction is kind of makes me feel like, oh, that, you know, I'm quite pleased with that. You know, a bunch of people have basically taken the time 
to read at least slim <laughs> at least slim what I've read and then and then write something in response or you know kind of thought about it or whatever I think that's the satisfaction really but to be influenced by anyone no otherwise why are you doing it I won't change a review because someone disagreed with it never <laughs> Well, no, people are meant to disagree with my reviews. I think, not, not that I write them to be contentious, but it's an opinion. It's my opinion. And there are other people in the world that are going to have a different opinion. I've made peace with that. You know, and you know what, if you want to come and... Like the Xbox yeah, one. exactly. <laughs> if you want to come and have a discussion with me about it, then that's cool because we're talking about it. But I don't... My opinion isn't law. <laughs> like, it, it's fine. And I think the interesting thing is that our voices here are part of the same thing that we're talking about, though. So, I mean, Twitter's a relatively new thing, but the, the, the ability for anyone to write reviews on the internet goes back slightly further than that. And we are just kind of adding to that noise that feeds into whether developers think something works or not. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of the solution, not part of the problem. <laughs> Yours are deep and meaningful critiques on how they should make improvements to the games and they should be followed exactly. step by step. Yeah, yes. Fair play. Like how Mass Effect 1 was better than Mass Effect 2. Oh, let's not do Simple this. Things like this. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Deus Ex is a shooter. <laughs> But yeah, I, th I do think it's an interesting topic and uh, hopefully we'll be doing more of this sort of stuff on the site because I enjoyed it. Uh, another article which has just gone up, which might be uh, of interest to you, is a roundtable discussion we had on open world games. Ben, you put this one together. Um, is that because we've got some games coming around the corner that might yeah. be relevant to this subject? You know, I love I love open world games. I love, um, we've got GTA 5 coming up. We've got Saints Row 4 coming up in the next few weeks, and which I'm going to be reviewing, which I'm thrilled about. Um, so I thought it was a good time to talk about it. And I think if I'm right next time on the podcast, we'll be having a full chat about all of it. But it's well worth reading the article to see what all of our thoughts are. What did you like about Saints Row 3? I liked uh, almost everything about Saints Row 3. But so the moment that I felt... More the same? Yeah, can I just can I tell you what my favourite moment from Saints Row 3? Because um, there there's this one bit that I think you know most people would remember if they played it, where you're driving back from a mission or towards a mission and there's your character and another character in the car. And as you're driving along... Um, Sublime, you know the band Sublime. Uh, what a lot comes on the radio, and both characters start singing along to it, I remember and that. it's just this really kind of beautiful, natural feeling moment. But it totally nails the kind of. Uh, this is what Saints Row does all the way through, just this kind of ridiculous, preposterous, sort of silly things going on with actual real engagement and immersion. It's, for me, I think it's better than GTA, and I actually think Saints Row Four will be better than GTA Five. Although I'm really excited for GTA Five. No, the, 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 one of the best moments the uh, with the waving a big deal door about that's always fun. <laughs> that's, that's my best. That's my best moment. And your best Saints Row three moment? <laughs> yeah, that's just this Friday nights. <laughs> it's a student life. What can I say? <laughs> I was gonna say. Um... Yeah, I, I agree with you about Saints Row 3. I mean, I, I loved it, and it's just the randomness of it that is that is amazing, like dropping wrestling moves on people in the street and the Decker's Die mission was, was amazing and stuff. But I, I've got to be honest, that round table, it, I think it kind of made me um, less excited for Saints Row 4. Um, Why is that? I think it's just because, like you guys were saying, you know, I don't know if they're jumping the shark with this one. Um, you know, the... 
the inhumor and stuff. I think it was just so perfectly pitched in Saints Row Three, and I've I've watched a few videos and heard a few podcasts about it, and I don't know whether they're they're trying too hard. Like they know it was funny last time, so they're trying to make it super funny this time, and I'm I'm worried that they're going to jump the shark with it. Um, I'm obviously still going to play it, and I, I, I'm sure it'd be great, but I'm I'm a little bit more wary now. I don't I don't know. Have they have they ever gone head to head with a GTA title either? That's a good question. I don't think they have, no. I don't think so. Maybe maybe way back Saints Row 1 or 2, but I don't think so. Because for me, I mean, I'm very interested to know, you know, what the game's all about and how it plays, blah, blah, blah. But I'm never going to pick it over a bona fide, full-blown GTA release. I think they're different markets. They really are. Um, Saints Row. Really? Do you think so? I, I, I honestly do. I, I really, I really, really do. I think they're both open world games, but apart from apart from that, that is it. I mean, Saints Row One. I'm not sure how many people actually played Saints Row One. Did anyone play Saints Row One? No. Started with two. Yeah, I I did, and I'm afraid that's kind of what actually put me off the series a little bit. Which was it, it didn't it really just... have the handle of the humour back then, did it? No, it was trying too hard to be a kind of street version. You know, kind of a little bit more gritty in ways you know it's quite nice though that i mean each each entry so far has been categorically better than the last in my opinion so i, I mean i i'm i'm kind of a bit you know i i'm a little bit worried as well based on what other people have said i've avoided almost everything to do with it actually i'm just waiting to play it but um but i kind of trust them as well and i actually thought the saints row 3 dlc was um you know, it was kind of a bit patchy in terms of quantity, but I really enjoyed playing that. So, and Saints Row Four started out as one of those, didn't it? Apparently, started out as it was going to be DLC for Saints yeah, Row. Yeah, that doesn't inspire me with the confidence. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like a thing you want to be telling everyone. Yeah, I, I just I think they know what they're doing. Um, you know, I, I I'll be disappointed if I'm proved wrong. I'm kind of open. You know, I've got to be open-minded. I'm reviewing it, but I want it to be good. Who's making that now? Deep, deep Silver. Yeah, they're they're the ones publishing it now. But I, th- I think I don't know. People say uh, try, back to the point we were, we were on ages ago. But people are always trying to compare GTA and Saints Row. I think I don't know. Saints Row for me is it's like a comedy. You know, it's like a I don't know. It's like a, a release. Whereas GTA, I do think there's always something deeper with GTA. I really do get really invested in GTA. Saints Row, yeah, don't get me wrong, I'll smash it for about a couple of months, but then once it's, I mean Saints Row, sorry, once once I've played it for a couple of months, that'll be it, whereas GTA, I, I generally do play on and off for a very long period, and there's just always deeper meanings within GTA, and not to be... I'm, st- I, I'm still struggling to get over how they're going to be seen as two very different things. Imagine Joe Public goes in, picks up the two boxes, surely... GTA is going to look like a much more advanced version of the other. It's just, it's different. They're just different genres. They, they just totally are. I mean, Saints Row, it's just literally like, it's like, I don't know, an Adam Sandler comedy or something. And They've even got the, have you seen the, the million dollar pre-order bundle? No. <laughs> you haven't, have a quick look for the Saints Row 4 million dollar pre-order bundle. Lift music, lift music. He <laughs> even does it in tune as well. Only one available. Is it literally a million dollars? 
one that comes with the Lamborghini oh, Gallardo. A full-size replica dubstep gun. A full day of spy training. You get, plas- <laughs> you get plastic a surgery. Trip to space with Virgin Galactic. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I'm going to be complete, completely honest. I this is the first time I've read the blurb for the game, and and this is genius. What happens if someone actually buys this? Thing? this do they have genius. to give it them? <laughs> Plastic surgery. I want to go into game and, and just say, "Will you take ten pounds for, for the pre-order?" <laughs> hey mate, no, taking your Wii U and trade that off against it. That's going to bring it down by at least the final. <laughs> no, but this is it, you know, Saints Row, it's it's ridiculous, and it knows it's ridiculous, and we love it for being ridiculous. Um, whereas GTA, it's more satire, and it, it goes a little bit deeper sometimes, uh, you know, and they'll be making serious points about, I don't know, being a criminal and working your way to the top, because <laughs> that's what GTA is about. Uh, do we have any reviews coming up? Any more articles to plug? Uh, what reviews have we got coming this month? You guys do still review games, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's the new XCOM that I'll be looking at. The Bureau Declassified. Yeah, it shouldn't really be called XCOM. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, what else you got? Rayman Legends, apparently you're doing today. Oh yeah, Rayman. Rayman. Is that the same as the one that's on the Vita? E- no. I went to your Graceland the other day. I went to uh, Legoland. Oh, don't even get me started on that. I, I think we need to. <laughs> I could live there for eternity. <laughs> Why do you love Lego so much? I'm just curious. I'm 12, I'm obliged. <laughs> hey, that that would be cool if Amazon could uh, hook up with Lego and build their console out of Lego. No, so you build your own console. <laughs> the the Legindle. Oh, dear. <laughs> Mark's reviewing the wonderful 101 from Mark on Wii U. More Wii U. Is that going to be good on the Wii U? That will be great on the Wii U. I have faith. That will make us start stocking it again. <laughs> oh, Leon, you're doing Blacklist. I am doing Blacklist, apparently, yeah. Mate, that's going to be quality. I'm gonna, is that got some sort of co-op thing going on? Because I'll lend it on the Xbox and we can hit uh, it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. I'm totally up for that. I'm also doing Payday 2, which is heist first-person shooter gameplay. I tried looking at that the, like today to see videos about it, but all it was is just videos of actual people rather than gameplay footage. Mm, there's quite a few out there. It actually, looks it looks vaguely decent. On um, Steam, I looked at every Steam video is just of actual people, no gameplay. All oh, right, interesting. Have, have you played the first one? I haven't either. No. It's all right. It's sort of you know, it's sort of left for, for dead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Left right, for dead yeah. with heist. That's how it's people describe it. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 from what I've heard, the second one's supposed to be quite a bit better. The first one was all right. Like I quite enjoyed it with some mates for maybe an hour, and then I think we started playing Team Fortress Two or something. Ben, did I did I dream this? Was there a crossover between Left 4 Dead and? Not that I know of, but it's payday. Not that I know of, but I suppose it's possible. I wonder if it was a mod, or maybe I did dream <laughs> like Mario. <It's> weird. <laughs> was it more enjoyable than Mario? Did you wake up happy after it? Oh, I woke up smiling for sure. Oh, there is a mod. Yeah, there is a mod. There is a mod, yeah, I thought so. And I've got uh, Lost Planet 3, which I knew nothing about when I asked for it for review. But now, having looked at it, they're basically making Dead Space. So, okay, let's do this. 
I'm not going to be reviewing it, but can I put in a tiny little shout for everyone who's got a PC within arm's reach that can run any games at all to play Papers, Please? Um, it's an amazing little indie game where you're kind of, you take the role, so there's some kind of totalitarian state where you're, you work on the border uh, and your job is that people come up to your little booth and you have to look at their papers uh, against the rules for who you're allowed uh, to let into the country and who you have to turn away um, and you get paid for each one you get correct during the day and the money that you let you have to use to feed your starving uh, ill family um, so but all the way through there'll be people that come up to you and say you know look I'm really desperate to get through you know I'm being persecuted and all this kind of stuff so you've constantly got to make these decisions about whether or not you want to kind of break the rules and risk losing some money that uh, that is going to feed your family or kind of doing the humane thing but the rules get more and more complicated as the game goes on like they'll introduce work permits they'll introduce all of these other little checks you've got to do and it's really really stressful in a really beautiful way it's a lovely little kind of 8-bit presentation thing i think it's fairly cheap on steam and i'm underselling it massively it's i would just really recommend that if you've got a pc that can play anything or a mac i think it's on both that you and play it uh, massive thanks to all our listeners we always appreciate you tuning in uh, if you have the time we would really appreciate a five star review on iTunes or whatever it is they do these days uh, I've been Steve Hill and massive thanks to Mark cheers Steve massive thanks to Leon see you next time huge thanks to Ben cheers Steve and a big thank you to Steve thank you very much and we will see you all next month Honestly, when you go in the shop and you see the Kintendo Amandroiders on, you are going to be eating your words.